Birds All Day is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blue Jays and baseball tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the Internet's fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are in-app panoramic seat views of every section, and as well, you can get tickets from all the major leagues and teams. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or the Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. going on greetings and good day and welcome back to birds all day my name is drew fair service and we are here talking about your off-season blue jays where uh they are sure to become the off-season champs as uh that is what that's what mark shapiro told us when last we spoke you you and i uh that that that's the blue jays we're going to do they were going to go out and win the off-season which uh you know those flags they fly forever speaking of forever it feels like we've been doing this forever that's not true but uh whenever we do do this i'm joined always uh at, at, at all times, I'm joined always by uh, o- how old reliable. Again? Old reliable, yeah, yeah, Stone, Stone you how are you? <laughs> I, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, just out here trying to win the off season, obviously. Oh, yeah, you know, you got it. You got to win the off season. You got well, guys apparently, accepting... Mark Shapiro told us explicitly that that's the Blue Jays' goal. No lies. Not a single <laughs> lie detected. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Yeah, that's. That is a lot. Well, I feel like um, the off season to be to win the off season, there are many different criteria that go into determining the off season winner. Some might say, you know, landing the big fish on a, of a free agent, or make, you know, pulling off the blockbuster trade that's going to put your team over the edge. <laughs> like might making say, your team quite a lot better. Yeah, that does seem actually like a great way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but in your simplistic paradigm of like <laughs> adding players to make the team better than it was before, sure. You really want to win the offseason? You got to get a hitting collaboration area. Do you does do the other teams have that? No. Check and mate. Check and mate. Get them off of that concrete death trap or whatever it was that the the old Bobby Maddox complex. Get them into the new one. Win. Big W. Right? Do you, are you watching Watchmen? By the way. Oh no! I I I'm a I'm an adult, so no, I don't do things like that. No. Well, see, you're missing out. A because it is, <laughs> it is a it is not a true comic book show. It is anything. It's like a meta comic book making fun of the maniacs who would do that. There's these these power hungry vigilantes. But in it, there's a Isn't there's it, a character. Hmm? I thought it was about the band that. Uh, that plays at the start of Jeff Blair's show. No, he's still with that, huh? They're playing. I, I thought I, honestly, I got an email I honestly from the couldn't Dan tell Ford. you. They're a good Winnipeg <laughs> band. Well, they were a band from Winnipeg that people love. Good Canadian rock band. Four on the floor. You got nothing wrong with that. Anyway, never mind. My tortured. My tortured. I'm actually going to save that. My tortured analogy 
for another time in another place. But uh, I've watch, ruined watch, it, watch, and, watch I, and I apologize. Yeah. No, I I kind of like it, but I need to it needs to be fleshed out a little bit more. But anyway, watch Watchmen. It's great. It's also for what it's worth, probably the most profane television show I've ever seen in my entire life. Like the willingness. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, their willingness to go that, <laughs> which again, it's in like a like an alternate present timeline where a they don't have there's no internet, so people are all better off for it. But also, um, they do swear a lot. I don't know what that means, but they do. Uh, I, my favorite alternate, but also similarly current timeline show is that uh, what was the Aaron Sorkin one? The uh, the newsroom. The yeah, uh, extraordinarily cringeworthy fucking uh, universe where like nine eleven didn't happen and uh, and a man on a fake TV show got to tell pilots that uh, that that Osama bin Laden had been killed. It's uh, I, I I truthfully never saw the the newsroom. For all oh, I hate watching it for a while. I, I think I, I, you may recall Dustin Parks was a big hate watcher of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I recall watching it with less hate. Until, like, until oh, the wait, hate brewed. Oh, wait, right. This is the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen. Anyway, let's move on. We're into the, the heart of the, of the off season now. There are rumors flying. There are transactions pending. There are signings being forced onto guys who have chosen to accept the team's qualifying offer rather than way going out onto the free agent market, which is which is to say it's podcast heaven because we get to speculate. We get to infer, which those are two of my favorite things to do. So we're going to do some of that around the Toronto Blue Jays. Here are the GM meetings. We can also talk about awards, which I know you love. You love awards, talk more than anyone. And we can also talk about scandals, because there is an, an enormous one just rocking the baseball world right now. Uh, and we can also, the other thing we're going to do today, because it is the offseason, so this is the thing we talk about. We're not talking about transactions. We're not talking about, about speculating. We're not talking about inferring. We're talking about prospects. The Toronto Blue Jays top 10 prospects list went up on Baseball Prospectus this week, Thursday, if you are, uh, well, Thursday is when it went up, or was it Wednesday? Anyway, <laughs> if it you went are up. cognizant of which day of the week it is, yeah. Well, you're not listening to this then, but anyway, it's live, <laughs> the new top 10 Blue Jays okay. prospect list. So we, as is our tradition, we are going to, we are happy, I'm blessed to be joined by Jeff Paternostro, who always comes on and talks to us about this, and it's always a good time, so we're going to talk to him but first, let's you and I talk about uh, the GM meetings. So mm-hmm. the first interesting so – actually, no, before we go any further, I don't know if you have any ideas, any thoughts. Since last we spoke, the Blue Jays acquired Chase Anderson. Mm-hmm. Does that do anything for you? That's quick, quick in the pulse? Not really. Though I will – well, what I will say about it is that uh, – they're at least not sort of positing that he is going to be uh, good, and they're paying you know his salary, which I think is like eight and a half million dollars, which is like, uh, I'm you know I I don't want to be too optimistic about whatever is going to happen in this off season, but it is a big mm-hmm. opportunity for the Blue Jays, uh, and a guy like Anderson is clearly a back end starter. 
and if they're willing to pay eight and a half million dollars uh, to take him off the Brewers' hands, that 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 can kind of bode well if they're actually willing to do the other thing, which is you know pay more for someone good. Uh, like they obviously appreciate their need for a guy who can give them some innings. He's kind of a five and dive guy, but like, you know, he's, he's better than a lot of what they got. Like, I don't know that giving Jacob Waggis back, God love him. Not sure that giving him 30 starts next year or whatever is in front of like, you know, the kids that they have in the rotation right now uh, is great. And, it's, uh, it's, and Anderson's a guy who's going to absolutely, you know, fit into that mix. Now, if he was like, if they were going to like try to look, uh, you know, uh, spin it as though that's the big piece that they came away from this offseason with, that would be a problem. But that would be a but problem. If he's, but if he's going to be the, the, the like, oh, we got also this guy and it didn't cost us that much, then that's okay. So we'll see where that goes. It... Uh... Yeah, if it's like, oh, well, we, we brought in Chase Anderson, that is definitely like a uh, a dark and grim harbinger. Of um, <laughs> yeah. You're right um, that he's not exciting. He's a guy that is going to be like a lot of the other guys that you got. Also, Jacob Wagaspeck, the more I think about it, does he maybe look a little bit like Zlatan? Maybe in my head. <laughs> he's got some Zlatan. There's, a bit, of that. There's a bit of that. I mean, few are blessed to look like Zlatan. I, and so Zlatan would probably say only one is blessed enough to look like Zlatan. But uh, <laughs> I just kind of had that. I was you mentioned his name and I his his face like his him. I was like, oh yeah, Jacob Wagus back. And then I was like, wait a minute, looks like Zlatan. Anyway, so Chase Anderson is well, a guy. Uh, well, but also uh, Wagus back uh, was I wrote about this last week. Mm-hmm. Was like uh, among the swinging strike leaders. Uh, on four seam fastballs, like in in this crazy list, this is uh, like Rob Silver who uh, mm-hmm. tweets about the baseball and and uh, the Canadian politics. <laughs> he does. Tweet, he tweet about he does tweet about the baseball. Very often. <laughs> <laughs> I but no, it's, but like it's funny that you mentioned that because I <laughs> I made like I had this exact kind of exchange in my head. Where he tweeted something about like, oh, someone else written something interesting about the baseball, the baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me think there's like, like, uh, like some kind of old, some old Brit who's like, oh, the footy's on, like the baseball's on. <laughs> Rob Silver's talking about the baseball. <laughs> anyway, and by, by the way, uh, but, uh, but, 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 has, but has very you know cogent and and, and interesting thoughts, and has you know gets uh... yes, yes. Gets into some interesting shit, and then and and uh, a couple of weeks ago, he tweeted about you know among starting pitchers who threw at least two hundred four seam fastballs in twenty nineteen, the swinging strike leaders are Cole, Chad Green, who he uses in a parenthetical, and he says is not really a starting pitcher. Correct, mm-hmm. uh, Jake Odorizzi, uh, Verlander, Lance Lynn, Charlie Morton, Max Scherzer, Blake Snell, and then Jacob Wegesback. <laughs> Like people, like guys are swinging and missing at his uh, as fastball. Like there's there there you know uh, there could be something there. I know we're getting a bit sidetracked because he's obviously a guy who we're like I would hope to fuck that you get someone better than Jacob Wegus back. I uh, am, but it, but it, but it's an interesting like uh, uh, player development or or uh, 
or you know pro scouting kind of thing on the blue jays mm. part where they're like oh maybe there's something to this guy and it did work for a bit i'm not sure i'm ready to watch it 30 times next year though mm. i do like a guy <laughs> that has like an invisible anyone who throws something that's yeah it's like the like the like a hiding in plain sight trick pitch like oh it's just a fastball it's like 91 miles an hour but he throws it at any higher than that? He's just, just he's all hit it. elbows and angles, and yeah, he's just yeah. a weird, lanky guy that nobody you know can pick up the ball on. Do you know who that reminds me of? A weird, lanky guy that nobody can get the ball, pick up the ball from, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So, indeed, I'm going to beat this into the ground. But I think that moving forward, I'm I'm framing this in like a Zlatan Wagaspak kind of thing <laughs> is happening in well, my here, brain. The thing about Zlatan is. It took me a long time to come back around on Zlatan because he was an Ajax guy. I liked him, but then he like, he like fucking injured uh, Raphael Vandervaart uh, or however you're supposed to say it uh, uh, in like mm-hmm. 2003 in like a practice, and they got rid of him at that point. Um, so you because he which, because you know he what did... well, you know what Zlatan not that that wasn't cool, but mm-hmm. your 16 years since then pretty awesome and if uh if, if jacob wagespack wants to be those latin of baseball i'm i'm here for it yeah yeah i i would i would support that <laughs> if you become some kind of like mercenary goal scoring like a horse Into it. with yeah. with a man's body just sort of running around <laughs> on the pitch scoring ridiculous goals from like 40 yards yeah. on overhead kicks if, if wagespack wants to do the baseball equivalent of that yeah not gonna give not gonna object loudly you mentioned Jake Odorizzi, who I think a lot of Blue Jays fans were kind of hot and horny for a little bit because he was uh, feasible as a potential Blue Jays signee, uh, a guy who had raised stink on him and then now has moved away and is much more palatable. Uh, but now he will not be a free agent. He has accepted the Minnesota Twins qualifying offer, which actually went down, I believe, from the previous year. But it's still uh, like a one-year, $17 million-plus contract that Odorizzi has uh you know, but sort of agreed to or accepted the offer of from Minnesota Twins. So is that a bit of a blow to the Blue Jays? And again, I know it seems like a lot of people online and, and the folks that people talk, you know, you talk to or engage with seem to be zeroed in on Odorizzi as a Blue Jays candidate. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, I think I tweeted this earlier today, but like, I mean, the Twins were going to obviously not let, half of their starting rotation or like three fifths of their starting rotation walk. Like they were going to come out of this off season with somebody, especially, you know, they got to the wild card game. Like they were a good team. Uh, they took advantage of the fact that Cleveland are trash and, uh, and just decided to not try this year, which was very nice. Uh, so yeah, I think Odorizzi was a guy that if you have read the chatter, uh, was somebody who the Blue Jays were obviously looking at a bit uh, and potentially willing to uh, to go after, despite the fact that he had he was going to have the qualifying offer attached to him. Which, uh, you know, I got into it a little bit with a Twitter person today uh, about this very subject because you know, and, and, and his point was that he's bad, which mm-hmm. you know, fair. He's he 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 was very good this year especially in the first half, less good in the second half, but still pretty good. Uh, had some rough years in his track record. Uh, you know, he's not a perfect guy, but also he's 29. 
he will be 30, I think, on opening day, but he's 29 right now, mm-hmm. and is a guy who, you know, the strikeouts have gone up for him. The home run rate has gone down, despite the fact that the league has gone in the other direction. Like, there's things to like about Odorizzi, and, and I think that uh, I would understand it if the Blue Jays had targeted him and were thinking that that was a guy that uh, that they wanted to uh, to try to make a real serious play for. But Minnesota was going to obviously end up with somebody at some point. Uh, and this is sort of the reality of where the Jays are at in, in terms of like the free agent market. Like this is sort of, it speaks to the fears that I think we've talked about and, and that I've certainly written about where it's, you know, as much as we're all, uh, as much as people would be li- like to be, uh, would like to say that you know money talks and that's the only thing that matters which is a lot of times true uh teams kind of just they don't extend themselves in a way that's like uh ridiculous i guess mm-hmm. uh, so so someone like him was sort of in the jays range and and has obviously chosen to take this uh this different path back to minnesota uh but that still leaves, I think, a lot of guys who, you know, the Blue Jays could uh, could could reasonably try to target. Uh, and honestly, I don't know. He's fine. I'd love to see. You know, it would be. I would been happy had they uh, signed him. But uh, you know, it's not, he's he's, he's not he's not Cole. He's not Strasburg. He's not going to change the nature of of your team and where it's at. So. No. But it's good. I, I don't think anybody should have expected something like that. When you contrast him with a guy like Chase Anderson, who we just spoke of, who is mm. more all about kind of like reinforcing the floor, where Odorizzi is like a raise the floor guy. Where yeah, if Chase Anderson goes down, you can foreseeably bring a guy in who won't be quite as effective, but is no drop off. Where like especially on the J staff, Odorizzi would be like a pretty significant upgrade on a lot of he would be the opening day starter yeah absolutely (laughs) what about aaron sanchez uh but anyway (laughs) there are yeah so there are lots of starters out there now there is a name that has been attached to the blue jays which was a little surprising i believe it was marley rivera who um does stuff Mm -hmm. for espn and espn uh, deportes who said that the jays are a team that has checked in on yasmani grandel which is very surprising because, A, Yasmani Grandel is very good. He's very, very, very good, yet has always sort of, like, missed. He's almost in that Mike Moustakis, like, how come this guy hasn't got paid before? He's good. He's a, he's good and consistent. He's just going to keep getting these shitty one-year contracts forever. But um, Grandel is like a five-win player. He's one of the best catchers in baseball. Yeah, that rough, you know, World Series in 2017, I believe, um, that mm-hmm. sort of cost him. But uh, it, it – it's interesting to see the Jays would be kicking the tires on Grandal, given that so much ink has been spilled and, and much has been made of Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen as like a nice catching tandem of young players who are uh, defensive, you know, skilled defensively. And Jansen, despite his uh, calling card being offense as a minor leaguer, has kind of struggled and uh, while bringing the defensive side of his game around. Uh, the suggestion then being, I guess, Ben Nicholas Smith was one of the people that sort of shared it out in this way was they could be dangling or listening on those young catchers and then looking to go in a direction like Grandal, which might, I don't know, move up the timelines in, in a way because you want to get the best of Grandal's 
you know, earlier, younger, more productive years. So um, I don't know. That, that's that's an interesting thing. And, and I know you've used this word before. You used it today and you use it on Twitter, which is like it, the Jays have an interesting opportunity before them. So how they proceed and how they pursue or or how serious they are gauging the interest in A, Grandel, or B, that there might be interest in, some, in one of their, their catchers, uh, something that definitely bears monitoring. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, it's all words right now, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, well, yeah, it doesn't they, matter. They are we, all can, we can talk about their interest in Grandal all we want, but like until they sign a guy like that. But I, I do think that that's like a really interesting strategy that they could, you know, potentially pursue. And I think, you know, uh, folks like us and folks, you know, in the, uh, you know, the the bloggers of the world, you know, in, in in past years have been like, oh, why, you know, the Jays have financial flexibility. They have all this money. Why don't you do a thing like that? Why don't you, instead of like trying to trade to fill a hole, why don't you sign a guy to fill that hole and then use the, you know, the 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 surplus around it to uh, to make your team better in some some other area. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, like I mean, I don't, I, I don't think anybody should get excited about the possibility that Grandal's going to come here. I mean, I, he's probably going to have better opportunities than with the Jays. Uh, but I, I, I think that that's obviously a, a smart idea on their part. And I also think that the, uh, as much as we may be. Uh, attached to a guy like Danny Jansen, especially, you know, Reese mm-hmm. McGuire, maybe less, but Jansen is a guy who kind of, who's, uh, he's really, he's really good. And he, like, he came up and was a, a great, a great story as a guy who sort of had this breakout and wasn't supposed to be, you know, what, what he has already become like a 24 mm-hmm. year old starter in the big leagues. And, uh, and he was a bat first guy and he had, he's had a great year, as a rookie in the big leagues, uh, uh, you know, defensively and all the metrics really like him. And you kind of think, okay, you know, he's learned that. And it was obviously like the learning curve was fucking steep, uh, you know, as a, as a first year big league catcher. And then maybe the bat will keep, will catch back up because that was really always his thing. And you kind of, I, I, I think I, I understand why anybody would like Danny Jansen, but Grandal, obviously much better and and that would be that would be a great thing for the blue jays to get and uh and it uh you know you don't want to compare it too much to like russell martin but that obviously uh you know and the blue jays had at that time a much stronger roster to start with but like bringing in russell martin meant a whole lot to this team and having a catcher you know it's a super important position obviously Mm -hmm. uh but yeah and the uh, 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 you don't want to just like you don't want to dismiss Danny Jansen or Reese McGuire or you know the value that they have in those guys right you know too easily mm-hmm. but uh but they have so few surpluses right like they have yeah, like, what does their outfield look like right now it's Gritchick and Teoscar Hernandez and and Guriel and Derek Fisher and like Guys, guys who are like, yeah, they, these guys have no trade value. Nobody wants these fucking guys. Guriel, uh, Guriel, obviously, there was a rumor about that. Well, I assume we'll talk about mm-hmm. that too. But, but like, I mean, the Blue Jays just have what they kind of wanted 2019 to be was a year for guys to establish themselves mm-hmm. and to uh, and to sink or swim. 
And man, most of them fucking suck. It's the thing. <laughs> uh, and so it's going to be hard for them to to work the trade market this year. Like you can't trade Brandon Drury or Billy McKinney. Like I'm sure that a year and a half ago they hoped that that was you know a thing that they might be able to do. Uh, but no, those guys are are more on the non-tender side than on mm. the hey, let's try to flip them for a starting pitcher side. Like that's just not going to happen. But what they do have a surplus of right now is catchers. Uh, and as much as you kind of feel good about the way that those, you know, the developments of Jansen and McGuire have, have, have taken place, I don't know if you can just sign a grand all and then use a Jansen to trade for a, a starting pitcher that's actually really good, then your team is mm-hmm. just that much better off. And you kind of have to take the, uh, you know, take the sentimentality out of the equation, I think. I feel like, um, you know, you spoke, you've spoken a lot about Danny Jansen in this block but also uh reese mcguire who i love his defensive game so I think, good yeah. i think simplistically a his defense is so good and if you can if austin hedges can play every day for a team that had designs on winning uh reese mcguire can too given that he has shown you know he was a bit of, of a surprise at the plate in some in some ways uh at the end of 2019 you can't you may help can't help but wonder simplistically so that Maybe there's a sell high potential there where people might have a bit more faith in in Reese McGuire's ability to stick at the big leagues, given his defensive skills, and also knowing like, oh well, he didn't, you know, maybe he's not as good as his as he showed in this cameo, but we could probably live with him at a, you know, the more realistic ebb of his of his variance at the plate. Uh, so maybe that's another option too. I mean, obviously Dan. Well, yeah, because catchers are trash. Yeah, they're all so bad. <laughs> like, like he, except like, for Yasmani like, Grandel, he's so good, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, Reese McGuire is a starting catcher for a lot of teams. Yeah, and for the Jays to just have him sit behind Danny Jansen is probably a waste of uh, of a uh, resource. If that's how you want to, you know, view human beings Mm -hmm. uh but so yeah like it makes complete sense that they would be thinking about uh i've come to i've come to enjoy both those guys um game quite a bit so i selfishly i'm okay either way uh danny jansen seems like a really easy guy to root for and like again i've i've gone on and on about reese mcguire behind the plate it's like a it's it's he's one of my favorite catchers to watch in the big leagues period right now. They're just, there are, I love a good defensive catcher. I think Martin Maldonado is probably my favorite catcher to watch right now because he's very like active and energetic and he's always got cool gear and stuff too. But uh, McGuire is just an absolute beast back there, but let's move on. Now there are bits of, there are a couple uh, Japanese players who the Jays have been maybe uh, can loosely connected with. Uh, I don't have their names in front of me and I'm, but anyway, there's like a defensive uh, minded OBP center fielder whose name I don't have before me, and then like a lefty slugger. Well, that sounds like something you probably should have. Uh, well, yeah, because I I, written, I literally uh, wrote down in our in our exhaustive. <laughs> but I'm just using this as a device to get to where I need to go. Which oh, good. Is, um, okay, good. Uh, so you mean you're not going to ask me to pronounce their names because I you know I kind of know how they're spelled, but I probably I will I will embarrass myself trying to pronounce. Well, uh, I, I'm names. offended by the the one guy i think his name is anyway he's like a lefty d first base dh kind of slugger thing and there's lots of interest yeah, in that's him. yoshitomo tsutsugo yeah yeah okay um i don't know 
I got, I, I got close to it, I'm sure. Uh, but yes, that's yeah. He is. But but I but, mean, we know you're an Eric Thames stand. But exactly. So that's Thames that's where I'm going up. with this, which is <laughs> the off season this year because the Blue Jays are not you know would be one piece away from contending or however you want to look at it. And I, I, at this stage of my life, frankly. I just want to root for the guys that I want to root for. So I'm like, yep, sign Eric Thames. That's a good fit. And also it just works like really well with me. Like uh, my, my energy, it's just going to meet my energy where it needs to be. So sign Thames and sign Brandon Morrow. This, this is where I am. Because I, I had somebody message me like, oh, what are your free agent predictions for the Blue Jays? I'm like, I don't fucking care. Sign Eric Thames and Brandon Morrow. Then the rest of it, <laughs> none of it matters. I don't give a shit what happens with the rest of the offseason. If you bring in two guys that are, for me, easy to root for, for and be uh, really easy to watch. God, I love watching Brandon Morrow pitch. So do that and whatever. I don't even care at all about what happens in the rest of the offseason. Is that is that wrong of me? Am I am I am I a bad fan for thinking about it yeah. in selfish selfish terms? I know you are. I mean, I don't know if you remember 2006 or seven when all the blogs exploded, but <laughs> there was definitely a big thing where it was like, oh, all you idiots just. It's like, well, why don't, why, don't we just, why don't we just bring back Sean Green? Like, you know, oh, I, I would ex- I would expect a little more creativity from uh, from someone as as, what? Uh, as keen as yourself. What's wrong with bringing back Sean Green? Sean Green in that Into those it. times. Yeah, yeah, I know that's what. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I they could bring back Sean Green tomorrow, and I'd be like, hell yeah, fuck yeah, Sean Green playing right field every day. I don't give a shit. This is this is where we are. There's just, the Blue Jays are going to win. Teams. I mean, do you think he's worse than Derek Fisher? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jose Abreu accepted his qualifying offer. I've just noticed. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, I, the Blue Jays are going to win between seventy-five. Sorry, I, and I thought I thought you said Bobby Abreu for a second there. I'm like, yeah, bring yeah. The, we're yeah. just bringing the <laughs> Bobby Abreu and Sean Green taking over in the Blue Jays outfield. <laughs> Just getting on base, being left-handed, it's all happening. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're going to win seventy-five games. Maybe they're going, maybe they win eighty-five games. At least, like, let it be fun for me when they're doing it. They bring back Strowman too. Hey, I'm just having a, I'm having a ball here. Uh, anything else? Anything else transactionally that you want to talk about? Those are the fun guys on my uh, on my pre on my uh, my show rundown here. The fun guys, Eric Thames, though for real, like that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That, it's a perfect fit. They are too they are too right handed. They need a left handed slugger guy that is a good version of Rowdy Tellez. And you are you're a Thames guy ahead of uh, Mustakis, obviously. Mustakis not taking their money. Where are you going to play him? First base, DH. I don't know where. Where's Tay Oscar playing? First or DH? I can't remember. He's playing the outfield. God damn it! <laughs> Listen, we're like we're just we're throwing out all any any hope or any illusion of trying to like make the team better or make the team win. It's just we're just gonna go for laughs, just pure laughs. No, you can't sign Mike Mustakis because this is Vladdy the point of the offseason that we're at. Right? We're at the off. We're at the laugh point where it's just like. I don't know. Yeah, trade Guriel and plug Puig in, and then you got you're you're even better off. Puig, yeah, of course. Uh, How could I forget Puig? Put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the list. But um, it just, it, so, for some reason, it it never quite works out. 
as well, fun as we'd like. I feel like because the offseason is so long and depressing and nothing ever really happens until, you know, January, February, whenever. We don't have, like, the tied all up in a bow and time for the winter meetings and everybody goes off to play golf. Like, it's crazy that, that so many of the players, especially if you follow them on Instagram and stuff, that they're already, like, out there full-time working out like maniacs. It is uh it's a big change, I think, in baseball. And we, we something we talked with Mark Shapiro about a little bit, but like, man, these guys are going so hard because there's just so much at stake for them financially and, and in terms of uh the career. But like we've seen some great clips of Vlad working out and they're giving him the gears and uh we've heard that he was he's already been down to Dunedin and now he's in the the DR and uh and Roth Atkins is texting with his the translator and everybody. So it's like it's just a whole new ball game, but the Vlad stuff is obviously encouraging. Great to see, and, and the team seems very encouraged about what they've he's shown them so far. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of the state, the state of the of the of the the rumors and speculation part of the offseason. Do we want to talk about the well, what they, about awards and stuff? No, no, not really at all. I just, I want to. I mean, I mean, Vlad's conditioning is obviously going to be an issue for the whole winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they really need to condition his ears to hear the uh, the bangs on the trash can uh, when an off speed pitch is coming. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we should definitely talk about this. Well, we, uh, we don't talk about the awards, uh, although I, I was a little bit impressed that uh, Calvin Biggio got as much attention for AL Rookie of the Year. He actually finished ahead of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., much to his credit, but of course, the Odon uh, Alvarez walked away with the hardware. Mike Trout, MVP in the American League. One other thing, Kevin Pillar got a single vote, a 10th place vote for MVP in the National League. Kevin Pillar. Which is probably why we should really? talk about the awards. Yeah, he 100% got did a vote. That all, did that really happen? I yeah, did not Hank see Shulman. that. Hank Shulman, a, a Giants writer, gave him a vote for MVP. <laughs> Does he work for The Athletic? No, he works for the San Francisco Chronicle. So, you can, you can rip <laughs> so I can shit on him for fucking... <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> The Astro scandal is uh, not a small deal. So uh, it was Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich, um of The Athletic who kind of broke the story about the extensive and the extent of the Astros sign electronic sign stealing from um, from that they have uh, highlighted in the 2017 World Series. And then there are all kinds of Internet sleuths out there watching videos and and hearing the sounds of things banging away uh, in a way that is said to designate or to, to indicate the pitch that's coming, having, you know, read the, the catcher's sign from the seven field, center field camera and then relayed it into some kind of banging contraption. Uh, pretty damning, pretty damning stuff. And, and, and they, on top of that, they had Mike Fires, former Astro, on the record being like, hell yeah, they cheat the fuck out of that stuff. Which is uh, crazy, Legend. and yeah, and uh, and and he had some, you know, his justification for doing it was was very legitimate. Like this is costing guys jobs. Guys are going out getting shredded by the Astros, and they get sent down. They don't get, you know, they miss their shot, whatever it might be. It's not unlike the argument against uh, steroids and the argument against uh, that was often put forward by players, by people, by players on the Astros who are very outspoken about this kind of stuff, Justin fucking Verlander. And now here they are happily <laughs> accepting the support or the help when it comes in this form. Uh, the league is going to probably go off on them. I think that like, there's going to be some very significant uh, punishments doled out. I mean, you, you you have a little bit more faith in the league than I do, I suppose, but okay, yeah. 
<laughs> I may, I may. I thought, I think I saw someone, it was, might've been Calcaterra who said, uh, who had tweeted something about, or had wrote a story about um, that they're thinking that the chances of this punishment could be like really, really, really significant. I don't know, but yeah, maybe there's no, the league has not given me any reason to believe that they'll do the right thing, but it's not well, what are they going to do? Like, vacate it like they did the 2015 World Series and just declare that nobody fucking won it? I mean, like, you would hate to see them do it two, <laughs> two or three years, but when the situation demands that you vacate the World Series, you got to do it, just like you had to do it in 2015. It's a real shame. But uh, but I, I, this, I think the steroid uh, comparison is really an interesting one, right? Because that was another situation where it's like, yeah, we, we want offense to, you know, to be better. So we're going to bury our heads in the sand and, you know, kind of, I mean, Tim Leeper was like, oh, the, the, the former Blue Jays first base coach, I put this in a piece uh, uh, on Thursday. It was like, you know, they, the MLB has just paid lip service to this idea. It's going, it's going, it's, it's more pervasive than the Astros. The Astros are kind of a, an obvious, easy target uh, for a lot of things, mostly because, you know, they do a lot of shitty things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it, that's what strikes me about it is that it sort of fits the same pattern of the of the oh we're just we're we're gonna juice the ball or we're you know allegedly you know the mm-hmm. the, the the weird manipulation of that the, the just the uh, the idea of trying to uh, if it improves offense they feel that that's like marketing like they you can't market the uh, a, a complete game shutout. But also, in the same way as you can, dingers, right? And so, and so, I think that leads it, uh, like, like makes it easier for a blind eye to be turned. The difference and the reason that it, it the steroid thing was thrown directly at the feet of the players because at the end of the day, they're the ones putting the stuff in their body. But at the same time, management and ownership and the league who happily benefited from the offense, from the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa pursuit of the of the 62 home runs, all that stuff, they happily threw the play, like laid at the feet of the players. The players are the ones who get suspended. The oh, players yeah, yeah. are the ones who, yeah. who miss out on 80 games. They, when, the, when they need to... To, to show whomever, if it's the, that, you know, the Senate or the, the congressional hearing, whatever it was, uh, they ramp up these punishments and these suspensions for, for, for players. And single out individual single out the players and, make them, yeah, and their absolutely. pariahs. But now when it's something that's institutional, something that is uh, orchestrated and, and, and extends beyond just the players, you know, maybe with a with a tickle trunk full of drugs or whatever. Now it's a team that has an organizational <laughs> right. philosophy of fuck everybody else. It'll be interesting to see how they do legislate this because it's you know it's almost like that self reporting. Whenever you see, whenever there's an industry that self reports, you know they're full of shit. Or oh, we've conducted a full internal investigation and found nothing. Like well, yeah, because it's all you have everything to lose. And nothing to gain by actually <laughs> doing it. So if they're if they are going to use the Astros, who are an easy target and an unpopular target, so if the league is like, well, sorry, someone's going to have to fall on the sword here, and we want to make it seem like this is all on the up and up, so they throw the book at the Astros. We should uh, uh, maybe they do that, but that but it is pervasive. It is something that's around, uh, you know, that's that's far more widespread, and it's not just an Astros thing, but. 
they've been caught and they've been called out and they've been investigated and they're the ones who are currently holding the bag and and uh hopefully they're they're they do come down on them i don't know what that means if they're going to find them they're going to take away draft picks i mean look at what they did with the braves right the braves got caught doing what everybody else does and they smashed those guys copy is out of baseball Mm -hmm. forever yep because of doing the things that have been done a thousand times before so doesn't mean that the Astros are going to get away with it. Doesn't mean the Astros are going to get their ears pinned back. But uh, it's definitely a situation uh, that bears monitoring. Indeed, and it's all, it's also spread though, right? Like Dave Hudgens, Astros hitting coach, Blue Jays bench coach, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the thing that I've tweeted and I wrote in uh, the piece. Today. It's like what, it, what? Which is worse? Like to if he if he knew what was going on, or if he didn't know? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, there's real no, there's no good answer to that. It's, uh, but also, as you say, shit that everybody's been doing forever and just sort of, uh, you know, turning the dial back, <laughs> turning the dial towards racism and then like looking back and seeing where the audience is, whatever that, you know, whatever that tweet is, right? Like they're, yeah. they, they, they're, they're pushing the boundaries and then looking at the audience to see when, they recognize that the boundaries being fucking crossed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. You can't. You kind of can't do that. You can't do this shit. Right? It's definitely like, something that's going to add some spice uh, to this off season. I think. Yeah. Uh, as we go forward. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to this. The Apple Podcast, Spotify, outside of the paywall version of Birds All Day. If you want to hear our full interview with Jeff Paternostro, you got to be a subscriber to The Athletic. Head up to uh, theathletic.com slash Birds All Day. You can listen to the full show, our full discussion with Jeff Paternostro. We talked about Nate Pearson. We talked about Alec Manoa. We talked about Adam Kloffenstein. We talked about uh, Simeon Woods Richardson. What I what, give you a little taste. Here is a quick clip where we asked Jeff about who is his kind of favorite guy in the Blue Jays system. And this is, we want you to hear what Jeff has to say about Aralvis Martinez. Is there anybody else, anybody else that jumps out at you? Anybody that you uh, you are dying to, to talk about? Somebody who's like a personal favorite of yours or? Aralvis uh, Martinez. Okay. What about him? So I wanted, I wanted to get Aralvis Martinez higher on this list. But mm-hmm. it just... The vagaries of list making, you could put him at like four, and I wouldn't even bat an eye here. I've got pretty good internal reports from our staff. I've got at least one scout blowing like literally like shove a rocket up his ass report <laughs> on him. Um, and like it shouldn't be a huge shock. The dude got three and a half million as a J two last year. Um. Everyone's and then he hit when they like sign. crazy. Mm-hmm. He's probably a third baseman. Um, like I'm not a guy that really cares a ton about minor league exit velocity, but he has mm-hmm. like it's big numbers. It's super like projectable body. He probably ends up at third base, but all the tools are there for him to be a above average third baseman, and. Yeah, there could be like serious, serious game power there when it's all said and done. Now, all that said, he's played 40 games in the complex. He doesn't turn uh, 18 for an or, yeah, he doesn't turn 18 for another week. 
there's a lot of things that can change in the interim. I've gotten burned by complex league heroes here, you know, now and again in my day, even guys that have Mm -hmm. gotten similar big bonus numbers. That said, man, I really wish I could have just stuck him at like four or five. (laughs) Uh, He was born in 2001. Yes. Which is very strange to say aloud mm. about a about a person whose <laughs> job is playing baseball, not uh, not being a young child. Uh, that's crazy. No, that's really exciting. I, I know he's a name that I've heard people speak with a similar excited tone. So to hear you use those same excited tones and also to hear you. Uh, Kurt, this has been a, this has been a little off color. This segment, we we're sticking rockets in people's asses. We got yeah. big dick donkeys floating around all over the place. <laughs> it's it's what people it's what they're paying to hear, frankly. So if you enjoy that clip, if you want to get the whole show, as we said before, head over to theathletic.com/slash/birdsallday. Become a full subscriber. You can listen to our show. You can listen to the Relief Report. You can listen to Rappers Reasonableist. You can listen to almost every podcast that the Athletic produces. But for now, hope you enjoyed this one. Hope we can see you uh, getting the full show next week on Birds All Day.